0: This is the Coach's Wife Life podcast. I'm Kristen Ergel, your host, a former TV sports reporter and fellow college football coach's wife. I'll go one-on-one with the strong women who are the backbone of college athletics and athletics of all levels. And now, Coach's Wife Life.
1: This podcast is brought to you by Brewer of Hope. Brewer of Hope is a nonprofit that supports medically fragile children. If you'd like to make a tax-deductible donation, you can use Venmo at Brewer-Hope or online at BrewerofHope.org.
0: Now, it's my honor to bring Emily Beamer on the podcast. Emily is the wife of Shane Beamer, head football coach at South Carolina. Thanks for joining us today. Sure. Thanks for having me. Now, last season, the Gamecocks went 7-6 and six in 2021, including a convincing win over North Carolina in Duke's Mayo Bowl, doubling the preseason's expectation, a win total earned Coach Beamer share of Steve Spurrier's first year coach of the year award. Prior to that, coaching stops at Oklahoma, Georgia, Virginia Tech, and then previously South Carolina. From your perspective, though, when you hear all this out there and you hear your life and a little short thing and you go, why do you think he's successful? What's behind that?
1: You know, I think Shane is just a very passionate person. Um, he loves what he does. And when you love what you do, it's, it, it comes natural. And, um, you know, he's a really genuine person. I do feel like that comes across in recruiting and to his players and his coaches. And he's a super positive person. Um, and so he just gets the best out of everybody.
0: Now, where did you grow up and did you ever see yourself as a coach's wife?
1: So I grew up in Starkville, Mississippi, where Mississippi State is. And, um, you know, my dad was a highway patrolman that traveled with the football team for 30 years. So we definitely grew up going to football games and bowl games and baseball games and basketball games. So I love sports. Um, I always knew I wanted to do something in sports, but I never I never really thought about being a coach's wife.
0: Okay, so how did you meet? Shane Beamer because obviously you knew the last name right
1: yeah (laughs) it's funny I mean I did but I grew up in the SEC so I really didn't know that much about the ACC and his dad coaching there at first Um, and I worked in sports information for Mississippi State and I worked in the press box on game days and uh, I guess I was I was a stat runner so I must have been getting on the elevator to go downstairs and get something, some paper. And Shane was in the press box that game also. And we literally bumped into each other getting on and off the elevator. Wow. Yeah, And it was obviously attraction. Was okay, so how did
0: you get the number?
1: How did it go down? Yeah. First date. You know, we had a mutual friend that we both worked with um, and he kind of just took it from there. It's, it's actually kind of funny. Um, The state had just played Alabama and Shane was coming home from the game and um, ran out of gas. And it was my birthday. And so our mutual friend was coming out after the game for my birthday. And so he told Shane he could come pick him up, that he'd have to go out with him for my birthday. And so that sealed the deal, I guess. It was football season, so obviously not much could happen at that point. But um, definitely um, started the ball rolling.
0: When did, when did you realize that there was something special about him and go, you know, I could spend the rest of my life. With him. when were y'all, when did that happen? When did you get married?
1: Um, well, we
0: probably would say
1: our first date was February. Our real first date was Valentine's. Um, and I know it sounds crazy, but we literally talked about our wedding. Um, that initial trip. So I knew right away um, that he was probably the one, but we dated a full year Uh, football season which was great because i got to see the the hours and all the the things that happened during the season and we got engaged that december at christmas
0: oh wow and then you're married in what year 2006. 2006 so i'm not good at math How, how long has that been 16 years 16 years wow that's awesome okay so now you have kids so tell me about your amazing family We have three kids. We have
1: um, two girls and a little boy and Sutton just turned 14 last week and Olivia is 12 and Hunter is nine. So seventh, eighth
0: and third grade. Now, with you working in athletics um, and kind of understanding it and understanding, uh, you know, the away time that it could be. Did it help you understand kind of the hours of this? I mean, did it prepare you for this at all? Uh, Yes,
1: definitely. I mean, I definitely saw he's not around very much. Um, And really, other than having two kids under two, (laughs) it hasn't been a problem. I've been fine with it. Um, Now I feel bad because we're so busy. You know, I feel like he's the one that's always calling us. What are y'all doing? Where are you going? And we, we don't have time. You know, we're just off to the next thing.
0: Yeah, this, you're in that really busy season of your life. I'm sure someone's playing sports or other yep. activities. You're running and running. They're all
1: in totally different directions. You know, our oldest is doing volleyball right now, and our middle is a competitive dancer, so she's super busy with that. Um, and Hunter is doing golf. Um, so uh, be, basically, just driving everybody around all afternoon is
0: <laughs> is what I do. From that 3 p.m. to 9 p.m. range is so it's crazy epic. It is. Yeah, it is. Okay, so I have some game day type of questions for you. Okay. Um, SEC media days. Do you teach Coach Beamer these dance moves that we do? <laughs> I can't say that I
1: have anything to do with those dance moves. Um, I was very impressed, though. Um, my daughter sent me that video and, and was like, the fire emoji. So I think it was a family group text. So I think he was very proud of himself um, that the girls were impressed, but um, I think he got his dance moves from his dad. Um, He was known to dance around in the locker room um, after some big wins. So he probably got that from him.
0: Okay, so then uh, do you even go to the SEC media days? To me, that would be so fun. I mean, I I covered it as a reporter, but for my coach's wife, do you get to go? Do you watch it? I mean, I know there's interest there from a media perspective.
1: I definitely watch it. I did not go. Um, I did work it back in the day in college. Um, I was the mic girl that went around and passed off the the mic for all the reporters to ask their questions, Um, but no, I watch it on TV like everybody else.
0: Do you get nervous at all? Like when, I mean, I know he's done tons of interviews, but do you kind of hold your breath until it's over?
1: Yes. Um, and I really used to do more. Now I, I know that he he always amazes me. He's a great speaker. Um, and so I, there's no reason to get worried.
0: No, <laughs> <laughs> not at all. Okay. So we're going to play a little game. Okay. I asked a few of the podcast listeners to submit questions. So you have to pick two out of the possibility of four questions. All right. So I'm going to read you the four questions and you pick two, or you can answer them all, but okay. you're going to pick two. All right. Post game press conferences. What's one question that the media asks that gets him upset to talk about? Okay. Question okay. two. You've lived SEC football as a fan and now as a coach's wife, what's one thing people will be surprised to know about this life? Okay. Three. Three. How long did his hair smell like mayonnaise after the Duke's mayonnaise bowl bath? Or four, are the expectations higher in the SEC than other conferences you've coached in?
1: Okay. So the first one, um, the media asking a question, I would say any media member that was trying to get him to answer a question negatively would probably make him mad. He's, again, a super positive person, and he doesn't, he doesn't like those kind of questions, um, at all. And, um, the SEC, um, I feel like definitely the expectations are higher in the SEC. Um, I mean, they're high everywhere, but the, um, intensity every week, um, of, the competition and, you know, everybody wants to play for championships. And so, um, I think the sec by far.
0: That pressure is pretty intense. So, you know, not every day is, um, you know, a walk in the park. And if you've been a coach's wife and a coaching family, at a, you know, for very long, those good days and there's tough days, what do you think has been some of the toughest adversity you've faced and what did you rely on to get through those moments?
1: Um, you know, I would say probably when we were at Virginia Tech, Shane was working for his dad and, um, we were going on our fifth season and his dad announced his retirement that October. And, um, we were just as surprised as anyone, really. I think people thought we knew, but, um, we, we didn't, um, his dad was going through some health things at the time and, you know, was 70 and just was ready, but, um, You know, we knew that we would be moving, obviously, and we knew we didn't have a job and that was kind of the first time in our career that we didn't have a next step um, or know the plan. And so, and it was kind of out of our control. Um, So that was definitely a hard time because we were obviously emotional for Shane's dad and all the the last of everything the last home game the last away game the last bowl game so um there were lots of emotions but um thankfully we got hired at Georgia um under coach Smart and had two great seasons there we ended up playing in the national championship game our last season there and um you know it was it was a great thing. Uh, we loved living in Athens. And so, um, you know, it probably just taught us to be super appreciative for getting a job, um, or having a job and nobody wants to be in that position of needing work. So
0: I agree. I mean, I feel like it's no matter what level of college athletics that you coach, nothing is guaranteed, mm-hmm. you know, no, I, it just, there's nothing guaranteed. And so that's, I think the hardest part is, when you know a deadline is coming and you're like, Oh, wow. You know, what's, what's going to happen. And then operating in peace instead of panic during yeah, those moments. I mean, And
1: it's completely out of your control. You know, yeah. just, you don't know if you'll get anything or where it will be when you get it. And, um, you know, we, we were, had been super fortunate to pretty much stay on the East coast, um, through all of our moves and our families over here. And we, um, you know, we're very familiar with this area and, um, So obviously it was hoping it would be somewhere close, but, um, you know, it ended up being better than what we
0: could have expected. How do you think it changes you to go through moments like that? Um,
1: You know, like I said, I mean, I think it just, it teaches you to be super grateful for for everything. You know, we have really been blessed with this life. I mean, a lot of people say, I don't know how you do it. I don't know how you move around. Um, But Mm -hmm. I really think of it as a blessing. Like our kids have gotten to experience so many wonderful places and we've made so many great friends and it's really I mean it's really been a blessing I don't know that there's any negative about it you know other than the expectations and the stress maybe the gray hair but you know, <laughs> it's, it's a pretty good life
0: for sure now obviously Shane is the son of a legendary Hall of Fame coach and Frank Beamer you mentioned earlier what are some things that perhaps he learned as a coach's kid that, when you guys decided to have a family, he said we need to do this when we raise him in this profession, or maybe avoid this.
1: I think you know he realized how much dad's away um, and trying to be present when he's home, and he does a really good job with that. I mean, he is a wonderful husband, a wonderful father. He definitely makes us feel like a priority. Um, he's at everything that he can be at um you know the kids just had their first day of school and all the the coaches were allowed to be off and and do that and um you know i think he learned that growing up you know how much his dad was away and things that he missed out on and um, he i think he just tries to be really present and around and include the kids in his job as much as possible
0: and probably impacts the way that you host staff events or Or, you know, at practice, uh, you got, are you guys, the kids can come at certain times during practice?
1: Yeah, I mean, I feel like kids are always, always running around up there. It's really fun Um, practice. um, They can go in the locker room after the games. Um, You know, they're, they're really always up there and we love it. We have family dinners and, you know, the kids have the best time of anybody. I mean, they're running around playing football and um, it's really fun to watch.
0: It is. And that's a special time because I think we've probably been on staffs where that wasn't, it's more encouraged than other places. Right. And it's, it, it's those little things that mean mm-hmm. the most to the family, yeah. to the kids. But I think because, you appreciate you
1: know, being oh my, on a staff
0: like that too. You do. I mean, you just soak it up. And we're fortunate right now. We're, I don't know, you know, I and Trisha McIntyre at FIU and it's like that, you know, the kids can, can go anywhere and, and be a part of it. It is so special. Now, I think it would also be hard to grow up as a a legendary coach's son, you know, and I think if you think about that and, and expectations and all that, and, and you feel, I wonder if you feel a pressure or the comparison game, the media is going to do that. You know, they're going to say that every single time when they start talking about careers, how do you navigate those waters? How do you help them walk through those emotions?
1: Well, you know, he's super proud of his dad. Um, he's accomplished so much and being a Hall of Fame coach, you know, he's he's very proud of, of all that his dad's done. Um, but he wants to be Shane Beamer, not Frank Beamer's son. And, you know, he knows that his name has definitely helped him in situations, but he's tried to never have to rely on his dad to help him get a job or to make a phone call. And, um, you know, he just, he really wants to be Shane Beamer um, and not just Frank Beamer's son.
0: You're 16 of being a college football coach's wife. What's one thing that you're glad you made a priority? I would
1: say, I guess, you know, my kids, just every move, every situation, just trying to make everything as normal for them as possible. Um, you know, and Shane, I mean, he's my best friend. We have, great relationship and i always just try to be available if he calls and says hey you want to come have lunch or i'm on my way home let's go for a walk um you know i just really try to make them my priority at all times
0: Mm, there's wisdom there i think that's the only way to survive it (laughs) you know uh that's that's the way to do it um now this is a tough question okay and you seem like someone that's very Humble and um, very aware of that. So, this is going to be hard to answer, but give me a give us something that we can learn from you because you're doing an incredible job of this. You've been a backbone of a highly successful coach. So, you won't take the credit, but I need you to take some credit. What few things have you done that's really helped him find success on the field and off the field?
1: I think just taking all the stress for the things that I can take away for him. Um, You know, the house, the kids, um, just taking care of the little things around here so he can focus on football. Um, Also just being around and being supportive for him. Um, I love to go to practice. Um, We have lunch uh, maybe, you know, at least once, maybe twice a week um, after practice and just that quality time where I can be a sounding board for him. Can talk through some things and just try to be a good listener um you know i really i can't help that much but um you know i can i know it's they always say it's lonely at the top you don't have um you know a lot of people you can talk to about these kind of things so i just i just try to be there and be around and be supportive for him and um you know he i think he loves when the kids come up there and and we're up there running around so i just try to do that as much as possible
0: how much do you think it's different from being an assistant coach to a head coach's wife? And I haven't been on the SEC level, but it was it was quite different when I was a head coach's wife. I've, yeah, I felt the pressure differently. Do you oh, do you feel that way? Like, absolutely. and I didn't think that it would feel differently because I was like, oh my goodness, because you know it had taken like ten years or something. And so yeah. before, but oh my goodness, it is different. <laughs> no, I
1: agree. I didn't think that it would be you know that much different either. Um, you know, obviously we still stress out and sure, yeah, we do you know, do the daily company and all the the things that come with game weekends. But, um, yeah, it was, it was a big adjustment. Um, you know, multiple ways I feel like are different, but, um, the stress, um, you know, kind of the spotlight that I feel like myself or my kids are under more so, um, so yeah, it was yeah. it was a big adjustment. Last year was a blur. I can't mm-hmm. say that I can really remember that much. We moved. Uh, we were renovating a house. We moved three times during the fall. Um, well, we moved three times from March to November. Um, oh wow! Just getting the kids acclimated in school and um, you know all the things that come with that. I, I'm really looking forward to this season and actually maybe being able to take it all in a little bit better.
0: Do you have a mentor or someone that you can call to just be like, okay, this, this can't leave this area, but I just need to just, because I think one of the challenges that I face is not like if I'm having a bad day and you only get such a short amount of time to talk to your husband after practice or whatever, not unloading all those things. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have anybody you can talk to like that?
1: Yes. My mother-in-law, she's amazing. Um, You know, she's, she's been there. She's seen the highs and lows and she's a wonderful sounding word for me. Um, She's a wonderful mother um, to Shane and his sister, and she's so supportive and positive. And she always does a really good job of making me feel encouraged. Like I'm, I'm doing a good job, even though I feel like I'm drowning and everything around me is, Um, is not how I want it to be. Um, She's, she's, she's really wonderful. I mean, she just is full of wisdom and knowledge and I'm so thankful to have her.
0: Now what's one idea that Shane has come up with that has just really made you proud? I've seen one. So I'm going to let, I want to see if I have the same idea that you have, but there was something I saw on social media that was like incredible. So one kind of motivating thing he's done for the team or I want to hear your response and I'll show well, you. I think you're talking about
1: the the stadium when he took everybody yes. over and, and playing for their why. Um, you know, Shane is a very you know, that is just him to always think of the extra little things. Um, you know, and just being appreciative and um, understanding all the the people that go into helping um you know from the janitors in the building to the the people cutting the grass and um you know he he always amazes me with the things he comes up with. I don't know that I could think just one um, because I see things on social media and I'm like, wow, you know, that was good. <laughs> yeah,
0: definitely. And for those of you that hadn't seen it, you go to Twitter, I'm sure it's on South Carolina's Twitter account, but what he did and, you know, you'd probably know more cause I watched it really quickly, but he took the team during a team meeting, I guess, and had them walk all the way up to the nosebleed section um, in Gamecock stadium mm-hmm. I forgot the name of your stadium. Just going right? Okay, <laughs> at the very top. And he said, look, this is what fans do mm-hmm. on every home game. They're, do you remember how, like, okay, there's the parking lot. They walk yeah. from there. Think about how hot it is on game day. And then they're sitting up here, you know, to watch you. And, mm-hmm. you know, this is our why. You know, you're, there's a lot of aspects to why you play college football. Mm-hmm. Let's remember the people up here as well. And, and I, I'm not doing it justice, but very special moment. Yeah, no, it was. And it's, it's, you know,
1: everybody has their reasons for playing, but, you know, to be out there and be a mentor and role model for so many of those kids sitting in the stands and, and, um, you know, just seeing your impact, I think from the nosebleeds was, was pretty big. Yeah.
0: Very, very cool. Okay. So you talked about moving. You moved three times last year. Mm -hmm. Um, I know this last move, you were familiar with it, but I'm sure it's different kind of getting one, especially when you come back in at a different age, they need different things for that age, right? You you know, you're looking for maybe a different pediatrician, or you're looking for a different school or a travel team or whatever it may be. What are those things that when you move to a new area that you find effective when you're trying to locate all of, I mean, even childcare, where do you how do you jump in into a new area? What's tips from us to give us?
1: Um, You know, I, I try to find a local (laughs) that I trust. Um, You know, I feel like they know the best um, areas and schools and, you know, then we come into town and we kind of test them all out. Um, You know, this one was easy because we had lived here before our girls were one and two. So we weren't in school and, None of that was a priority then, but uh, we knew where we wanted to live. Um, Shane has recruited this area um, basically since we left, so we were pretty familiar with the schools and um, pretty much knew where you know we were going to send them. Columbia has a lot of great options for schools. It's a it's a big city, so we have lots of options. And um, you know, this one was was really easy. Um, Probably moving to Athens was easy, too, because we had some mutual Mm -hmm. friends that were there. And so that one was easy. But it definitely helps to know somebody, another coach's wife or, you know, a friend that can kind of guide you. Because sometimes you just don't know, you know, you're just going in there and and picking. And we've picked wrong before, you know, my Mm -hmm. kids have started school somewhere in March and we've changed by the fall.
0: Um, So you just pray and hope you get it right. (laughs) For sure, yeah. Also, leaning. I mean, what has been interesting? Sometimes I've leaned. We have just moved to Miami, and I called uh, Lauren Lashley because they left Miami. I'm like, okay, I need some, I need some yeah. ideas. I was lucky enough; there was a couple of FBS schools in the same area. Yeah,
1: no, but that's Laura, true. And that's the good thing about coaching. You know, it's a small world. You, it is a small world. You've, you've lived know, there a before. lot of yeah. yeah,
0: yeah, it is nice. Now this business is so competitive. I mean, without naming schools uh, in your past, but is there ever been a job you you thought your husband would get, or he was hoping for, um, he didn't, what did you tell him to say to keep him encouraged?
1: I feel like I've just always said, you know, God has a plan and this just wasn't his plan for us. And there will be something better, um, bigger than we even thought about, which has truly happened. You know, i there were so many little things that we were disappointed in along the way that now we see the big picture and, um, You know, this is where we always wanted to be and hope that our path would lead us back here. And so, um, you know, at the time it hurts, but seeing the big picture overall,
0: um, you know, we're we're very blessed. Was that day that he got announced the press conference day? Is that something you'll remember forever? I will remember forever
1: for multiple reasons. OK, we had had covid and so I was still in covid quarantine. and was not able to make the trip with him and so it was sad that's not how you ever envision that day going down um Mm -hmm. seeing him go alone but um yes I mean it's it was a long month um you know with all the interviews and the um the waiting but um it's definitely a day I'll
0: never forget for sure yes and some people always think that we know a long time in advance we're going to get jobs. We don't, <laughs> you're like, I don't know. You, you just don't ever know until until you really get it, right? <laughs> and if you follow Twitter,
1: you would, you know, be convinced you weren't getting it, you know? Oh, for
0: sure, they're like, so-and-so's got it. You're like, really?
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh,
0: okay. I know, news to me. <laughs> I know. Is that something you have to kind of just not even log in at certain times?
1: You know, I was never a Twitter follower until the last year, and I wish I wasn't now. Um, I do not look yeah, if there's a loss or um, anything negative. You know, if it, it's really for me to keep up with things, you know, <laughs> like I can kind of keep up with where he's at and what he's doing. Um, but yeah, I, I try not to read things because
0: yeah. Yeah. I, I do, you know. Try to stay off it as much as possible. Yeah, <laughs> I know it can be hard sometimes. Uh, okay, so now that you're a head coach's wife, I'm sure you've been a part of some amazing staffs. Um, I've interviewed some of your, uh, I think former uh, Kirby Smart's wife, Mary Beth Smart, and um, I'm not sure of oh, Caitlin Riley. Yeah, she's been on the podcast as well. And so now that you've seen it at different areas, and it's your turn to be the head coach's wife, what's some of the things that you enjoy doing with your wives just um, outside of football?
1: You know, I just try to do as much, um, as we can activity wise, you know, it's hard with everybody having kids and and being busy, but, um, we do family dinners. Um, we just had an event last week or this week, um, a store hosted us and we came and, and did some shopping, um, together and fellowshiped and, um, we try to, you know, get together for different dinners or, um, events, we were talking about doing this new place that opened up the ice box, uh, like chirotherapy. therapy. Um, so we try to do as much as we can together. Obviously the summer's hard cause everybody's, um, going in different directions, but with the season starting, um, you know, I'll see them at practice. Um, we tailgate together. So just as much as we can, we do an Easter egg hunt. Oh, that's cool. Jerry Spurrier did a lot of things, um, that I've tried to keep um the easter account for one you know we do a big halloween thing where the kids can go trick-or-treating at the offices and um just as much family things as we can do um, mm-hmm. up at the stadium we do
0: do they have a wives trip you guys get to go travel sometimes
1: yes um the wives actually get to go um to all the away games awesome. if they want to but we do do a wives trip this year it's to kentucky and Some am them do try to go on that one and um you know, we'll go to dinner and hopefully, you know, if it's a night game, we'll get to hang out all day. Yeah,
0: that's fun, fun. Okay. Um, what about the players? You guys, uh, how do you, obviously he's very intentional with how he connects with his players and keeping that perspective. And so what are some of the ways that you guys try to connect with them? I mean, you guys have them over to eat or kind of what's your thing?
1: We do. We, um, of course, now, we don't just have one position. So we had offense over um, one night and then we had the defense over one night and that was fun. They were swimming and um, playing basketball and that was um, a lot of fun to, to have them over. But, you know, I try to go to practice. I feel like that's really the best way for me to have one-on-one interaction or just kind of learning who last year I was trying to learn all the numbers and, and names. Yeah. And um, of course, I know the recruits because I've, yeah. I've gotten to know them through the process and their families. But just you know, those seniors that were here before we got here, and, and people like that, just trying to, you know, I like to be able to say, you know, hey, Kristen, or you know, I like to be able to say their name and and then know that I know who they are.
0: That's important, but that's also really hard because right. <laughs> there's so many of them. But that's it.
1: that amazed myself. On, I'm like, oh my. God. Like I know all
0: them, you know, I got that's, that. Right. That's awesome. Do you, you must print out the roster and, and <laughs> keep memorizing.
1: Well, Shane's assistant just passed those out this week. So I do keep that in my, in my game day bag. So I can, I can know who I'm looking at.
0: Well, with you being in the uh, field before you got involved, do you get into the stat side of this as well? I mean, are you kind of tracking it on your phone a little bit? No, no, no. Um,
1: you know, I, I I rely on my son to to keep me in the loop a lot of times because I'm busy. I'm yeah. up there talking and hosting yeah. and and doing things, and so um, I'm you know I'm definitely watching. But you know, my mother in law and I were very superstitious. So if if we're in the bathroom or if we're you know in the hall and something good happens, that's where we stay. So <laughs> I, may not, I may not be able to see everything that's happening. Um, I just kind of listen for crowd noise, but um,
0: yeah. That's too, <laughs> that's too funny. Um, okay. So what do you guys do to try to stay connected in the season? You mentioned you try to have lunch together. Is that kind of a weekly thing? Anything else? Yes.
1: Yeah, so I go up there every Tuesday, um, usually, um, maybe Thursday if I don't have much going on. Um, Friday is his late morning to go in. So he usually takes the kids to breakfast and to school, and then he'll come home and we'll take a long walk um and kind of spend the morning together um sometimes i'll drive into the office if it's an away game so we'll just have one car and that's kind of our our morning and our our day to spend
0: time together and what do you do uh if you get any downtime? do you uh are you into reading do you go to the gym what's your thing pilates pilates okay very good
1: i love to take the dog on a walk um you know if i can squeeze in an hour of something it would be those two things
0: Okay, is your dog still with you right now? Yeah. For those of us watching on the YouTube channel, tell, okay, what's this precious baby's name? His name is Boomer because we <laughs> got him in Oklahoma. Hello, so Boomer.
1: He is our little Oklahoma dog. He is way too cute. <laughs> He's been a good boy
0: the whole time. He has I know heard him growl a couple times. <laughs> I've been waiting because I have a great dane behind this exact wall here, and I'm like, if he barks, then we're gonna have a <laughs> we're gonna have a showdown between Boomer and Hoss. <laughs> That would be funny. That would be funny. Okay. So um, what would you say as the most rewarding aspects about being a coach's wife? There's a lot,
1: you know, um, you know, obviously seeing the hard work pay off, um, but the win or a big exciting win um, is really rewarding. Getting that recruit that you've invested, you know, that I've even fallen in love with and wanted. Um there's, those would probably be the two that I would say stick out the most, but um, really just the relationships um, that you have with the players and their families from recruiting and then their relationships you have with other coaches' wives um, from, you know, moving around and, and being at all the different places and stops, the people that you meet along the way.
0: And then tell me about the Beamer Family Foundation.
1: So it's new. We're yeah. getting it off the ground. But, um, you know, we we started this to be able to help um, local and state really um, anything that we can we can do locally. So we partnered with the Children's Hospital and the Champion Society and we've hosted a couple things for them. Um, we just partnered with uh, four Title I schools in Richland II School District. Um, They have about 25 homeless kids each. And so we provided backpacks and school supplies for um, those students and also did some teacher supplies and um, a luncheon and stuff for them. And the school donated 130 tickets for um, the South South Carolina State game to encourage attendance. And the football players will hopefully, maybe not this fall, but be able to go and mentor to them and read and do some things. And I think some other schools or some other sports at USC are going to help to um, women's basketball, men's basketball. Um, so hopefully, just being able to be up there and and help out with the mentoring side and and all that will help. But you know, along with the money that we're able to help supply them with things they need.
0: I couldn't love this more. You know, this is my heart. So I love that you are making impact not only in the players and the families and the staff, but your community as well. It's it. not everybody does it and uh, it takes time and effort. And uh, but wow, it's a huge payout in terms of paying it forward. And so I appreciate it. And we are going to rapid fire questions. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. What's the last book you have read?
1: Um, what happened last summer? um it It was great um I'm I'm kind of a um you know a
0: romance novel is a good one for me there you go what coach surprises you and walks in the door with concert tickets what would be printed on that ticket
1: probably Coldplay um he loves Coldplay Darius Rucker
0: oh yeah Um, we love him or anything country Luke Bryan Cole Swindell have you met, uh, any of them? Have you, because isn't, one of them's a big South Carolina fan. Uh, Darius. Darius Rucker, right? Yes. Um, we've,
1: we've met Darius. We've actually met Luke and Cole. Um, they're, we, we love concerts. I mean, any, any chance there's one around here we're we're going to go. So we've, um, we've been fortunate to see Fun. Luke a couple of times and, um, you know, the, the kids love going too, so
0: it's a lot of fun. That is a lot of fun. Okay. If you could have dinner with someone, this is a hard question. It was other hard. than family. <laughs> current or from history, who would that be?
1: Um, I thought about this and I think I would say Jacqueline Kennedy. Mm-hmm. Um, we went to Nantucket this summer and it kind of opened up this Google trail of the Kennedys that I was was all into. Um, you know, I always loved her style growing up. And I think the history part and and just all the, the stuff about Nantucket and the, the islands up there, I would love to
0: see their compound. And
1: I think I'd like to, to visit with her. That is good. You might be the first
0: person that has said her. I, I really, like that answer. Very good. OK, you get a night alone. What show would you binge watch?
1: Shane and I would have very different shows to binge watch. Um, He's more of like a stranger things and I'm more of like a Virgin River. <laughs> <laughs> very good. What is your go-to meal to cook? Spaghetti. Spaghetti. Do you Sp- like to cook, by the way? No, I mean, I do, but I don't really have time um, because I'm driving around all afternoon um, and my kids are all very picky and nobody wants the same thing. So spaghetti is about the only thing they'll all agree on. There you go.
0: We do a lot of Costco dinners. <laughs> Okay. Out. What sport that, can you beat Coach Beamer in? I don't know that there really
1: is one. I asked my son if he thought I could beat Shane in anything, and he said I could beat him in kickball. So <laughs> I'll go with kickball. I love it. I must okay. impress him with my
0: kickball skills one day. Nice. Nice. If Shane weren't a football coach, what would he be? Probably a history teacher,
1: or maybe like a sports broadcaster seems okay. to be
0: something that I think yeah. you could get at both. I could see the potential there. Okay. So what's one thing, one thing, non-tech, you just can't live without? Coffee. Yes. You remember that? <laughs> Every morning. How
1: big. big is your Yeti? Mine's like. <laughs> big. It gets refilled, you know, at least once. <laughs> For sure. If you had a superpower, what would that be? to be invisible. Mm, yeah. There's, there's a couple times I'd like to just push that button and slip out, you know,
0: <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Or go into a room and find out what they're saying. <laughs> Very yeah. good. Thank you so much. This has been absolutely awesome. I appreciate your time. How can Thank people you. support your nonprofit?
1: Well, we're, we don't have a, a website yet. We just, um, you know, have, have, had some donations via check um, come through, Um, but it's just the Beamer Family Foundation. And, um, you know, we're still new, so we're still figuring this all out, but um, that's, right now we, we, we definitely would be happy to take any kind of donation.
0: There you go. And more to come on that. Yeah. We'll have to come back and and visit with that later. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Kristen.
1: This podcast is brought to you by Brewer of Hope. Brewer of Hope is a nonprofit that supports medically fragile children. If you'd like to make a tax-deductible donation, you can use Venmo at Brewer-Hope or online at BrewerofHope.org.
0: For a replay of this episode or previous episodes, visit coacheswifelife.org and follow us on social media at Coaches Wifelife.